Hit record. We've hit record. We're live streaming. Another original humble sound on. original sound is on. Another humble and Fred podcast is uh, about to embark. <laughs> and uh, we appreciate everybody. Gratitudes to everybody. Gra- hey Dan, gratitudes and platitudes. Blessings go up. Prayers no prayers go up. Blessings come down. Halalala. Wow. Yeah, man. Grads, grads. I, I never heard that one. Prayers go up, blessings come down. No, yeah, that's right. Allah, Allah. Allah, 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 Lately, I've been collecting, uh, I don't have grandchildren, maybe one day, but I've been collecting jokes that I think Fred could tell his grandchildren. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's writing a book. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I didn't know that. I just thought I was passing on just fun little things for Freddie mm-hmm. to pass on to May May and, and Johnny Slapshot. Mm-hmm. So, uh, did you know that a slice of uh, pie costs uh, $2.50 in Jamaica and uh, about a buck seventy-five in Bahamas? You know, yeah, these are the pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Although I don't know if they get, I don't know if they'd be aware of pirates of the Caribbean. Maybe. You see, Dan, what it is, is you think you're talking about pie, but then you put in the pirates. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I don't care. I don't care. I just love play on words and, and goofy, cheesy stuff like that. Why? I don't know. I just... I do. I mean, you know who else? Well, it takes loves my it. mind off the, the, the world's troubles. You know, it's you one of those things. You got you got another one? No, hang on a second. I, I, you know, I, I, you know, plays on words. It's funny because there are certain people in my life. My brother David who loves puns, and ex-wife Randy, whose sense of humor is very much like that. She loves little turns of phrases. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm for them. You know, I don't think of them myself. And no, Dan, I don't. I, listen, I spent quite a bit of time preparing that one. They're delightful. Yeah. Anyway. By the way, we had David Glassman on the show yesterday. Is what's his uh, level of faith? Does he? Is he uh, zero like agnostic? Uh, zero like yeah, much uh, like me. Okay. Good. I'd, we'd, we'd be in the same <laughs> camp. Well, you okay. know why? Because he's got a brain. Mm. Wait a minute. Well, what, what, I'm sorry. Did you want to debate that, or do you want to? Well, I, that's kind of a generalized statement. That's your opinion. What that smart people would great to have. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, my opinion is that the smarter you are, the less likely you are to be to believe in a fantasy character that revolves, you know, that's up in the sky. Um, what would you, how would perhaps. you how would you put it? Well, I don't think I'd put it. Uh, well, I mean, that's your opinion. But, you know, you're, you're basically, you know. Okay, well, I'm curious. Because he's a what's smart your... person implying that everybody who believes in kind of religion is dumb. That's, uh, that's Somewhat. Right. What's your. That... <laughs> <laughs> I would, I'm interested. You have the floor. What's your opinion? My, my opinion is, uh, well, I, as it's been for many, many years, is I don't really know. But uh, I feel like there's something there's something there because I just I can't wrap my mind around something so grandiose as the universe our planet our ecosystems everything else that there there wasn't some sort of beginning to it all I don't believe in the in the you know uh, an omnipotent being is controlling my life and and uh, or praying for hockey game wins or something like that that's not my my approach to, to it but I don't I think it's like there's a lot of smart people that do believe 
in something at some point. Yeah, they have some degree of faith, but as you describe it there, I can't get my head around, you know, the universe and all the intricacies of life and the universe and, and, you know, some go, so there has to be, you know, like I, Delise has relatives where, you know, there has to be like a master being. This is a guy controlling this. How else do you explain it? And then my, my response is exactly like you. You mean to tell me there's one guy that's controlling this all again? Where did he come from? When did he start? When was he born? Why doesn't he die? Like on and on and on. Mm-hmm. To me, that's way more far fetched than the fact that all of a sudden one day, bang, and here we are. I'm, I, I would take your point to. Uh I understand there's lots of people that I admire that have faith, the people that I think are bright, intelligent, that have faith. Absolutely. Um, but when it comes to this particular thing, I don't think that, you know, I think that they, it's not fully, it doesn't, um, I can't hold both uh, opinions. Like I like a guy like Stephen Colbert, and I know he's like a super Catholic. So that part of him. I just sort of ignore because I think it's I'm being you know you've heard me. I just yeah. think it's dumb. Yeah. And there's different levels and there's different you know measures of you know like he wouldn't take a sword out and run through run it through somebody for the sake of religion. Oh, but he other than another talk show host. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there is a very good reason that you believe what you do because it's a human tradition that's been handed down for thousands of years that there must be some reason that all of this is happening and even when we conquered flight and time and atoms um you know there was a a thing i heard sam harris say that you know if if imagine if all of human knowledge all of it was about to be lost what would the one thing be you'd want left behind for others to find if everything we knew about the entire planet and humanity what would that one thing that we would that you'd want other people to be able to pick up the pieces of humanity you know what it was the phrase we're all atoms so you know once you have that as the foundation of scientific understanding of why we're here and how it works you know you don't need religion it wouldn't be we were created by a guy in seven days no 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 it wouldn't and um another thing in even the times we're in now and what's going on that whole And again, this is simplistic from a guy that, you know, doesn't pay a lot of attention to it. You know, that whole, you know, if God is so great and God is so powerful, why is he fucking up so much? Well, because he's leaving it us, leaving it up to us to make these choices. Like, please, you know, enough, enough of that nonsense. Well, the other way, well, the, the, the opposing point of view there is then if then it's fate, then everything you do is controlled by God and you're a puppet on a string. That's why I don't believe in fate. But anyway, that I mean that no, so, I, I so believe there. I believe in pricks. There's tons of pricks around the world, and they do prickish things, and we <laughs> live and suffer religion. the con- your, your, consequences of yeah, it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Your religion is prick fact. Your religion is prickism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, uh, I, there's certainly more evidence of that than anything else. Yeah. Um, well, listen, we I wanted to start the show on a lighter note, but uh, we were hijacked <laughs> once again by religion. Because 
because coming up very shortly, not only is Bill Brio going to be here, but we've got a report from the Bob Callahan Senior Center. <laughs> this episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our mobile, state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studio in Porto via uh, Aventuras. Whatever. So... From a well-equipped Brampton facility with a winterized pool, and from a trailer in the Corthas across from a canoe hanging from a tree. And it's brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, and Palma Pasta, along with the returning sponsors, Bodog and Kelsey's. And now, here are two men who have been... Well, here are two men who have busily begun their Christmas crafting. (laughs) Tissue paper, toilet paper rolls, pine cones, buttons, sparkles, marshmallows, all at the ready for these two glue gunners. It's Humble and Fred. Did you have like a mini stroke there? Is that what happened? Yeah, you know, I I, I, I didn't. I I got ahead of myself there. Uh, Before we get to the Senior Center Report, a couple quick things. The very first radio station live uh, in an internet simulcast, the first time it happened, was a station. I don't have it in front of me. I just wrote that part down. I think it was 1994, the first time a station simulcast itself on the internet. I'm going to ask a stupid question again. Do, Do stations even bother doing that anymore? Like simulcast it on their websites, and if they do, yep. it, it, mm-hmm. so it's on their sites where yeah. you can go and it's listen. Just nobody goes to their sites. <laughs> oh, okay, so because I remember, the, I mean, I, I think you know what? I think the last time I checked a site was when Lori Love did her last show. I went to that station. Okay, of course they do. So yeah, that's just done button. now. It's called a listen live button, right? The listen live button. Okay, so but the very first time it happened was uh, nineteen hundred and ninety four. Mm-hmm. So there yeah, you go. I remember, and it took a while because I remember at the edge, you'd click on it, and it would take a while to um, sort of engage. It wasn't like instant the way it is now, because the technology obviously wasn't there at the time. Mm-hmm. Had to buffer. Had to buffer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right, Daniel. It was. A, it was. A, it sort of needed to catch up to the stream, and the problem is the way you can do it now. I mean, with. Uh, with apps is that you can pause. Like I, I have a Sirius XM on my phone. And if I, if I get out of the car and pause it, I pick it up. It picks it up where it left off. Mm-hmm. You could not do that in the buffering days. You know, when it gets back, I, you know, I mentioned yesterday, I went to the dump on the weekend. Part of what I dumped was uh, probably two stereo receivers that had lost channels and a big boom box that I had bought for the kids years ago. And as I was disposing of them, I thought, it went through my mind, like, who has actual radios anymore? anymore? Because I imagine most people listen to the radio in their home through a smart speaker now. There's like, there's, I mean, they're so easy, so convenient. Why would you have a conventional radio in your home? And it all comes from the birth of streaming, as you mentioned, in 1994. I saw the look on Dan's face as soon as you said you took all that stuff to the... The dump because, you know, part of it is, well, part of it is Dan's uh, boombox for the homeless program. You may not know. (laughs) But the other thing is Dan's so crafty that he could turn all of those things into a beer fridge. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why, Dan? What is your reaction? You could have fixed them or wanted them to like, but there's no need for them anymore. Like, 
Well, the receiver part, uh, you know, I wouldn't use, I've never used a receiver pretty much ever on an, on an amp. I just use the amp part for, you know. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So if the channel was broken, it may have been just a fuse because a lot of them have uh, fuses inside that you just uh, change out the fuse. Well, we'll never know now. We'll mm-hmm. never know now. No, no. Yeah. They're in my garage and I took them to the, the you know, the part <laughs> where they look after the electronic equipment. And <clears throat> right. Speaking of radio, I had jotted down this um, um, uh, story because it, it it reminded me of something Howard and I went through on the weekend a Filipino radio host was shot while doing his show he was on air doing his show now this has happened before but this is just the latest one and he was doing his show and it was live on Facebook and this guy apparently had a problem with something he said and walked in and shot the guy live on Facebook while he's doing his radio show wow um which would be terrifying. It'd be awful to watch. It would be awful. Well, he didn't live through it. He died. But it reminds me of back when we were at the uh, edge of, uh, what did we call it? Uh, young, and sh- young Street. Well, what Young we and Shooters, it? where our intersection was. There. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I remember there was a couple of incidents of people in radio stations like we were in that had had shots fired at them. Remember, and it became a concern for us. Yeah, when we found out there was no bulletproof glass. <clears throat> That's right. And we went and asked our general manager at the time, you know, are you guys going to do anything about this? There's, you know, we're we're sitting ducks here, really. Because sometimes we'd be on the air and people would go by and yell stuff or honk horns or whatever. Harmless, but you never know. And the type of show we did, like some idiot could come and take a shot at us. I didn't want to die. Someone that didn't like fart jokes, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so we asked Hal, we said, can we get bulletproof glass? Oh, I don't think so, fellas. Nothing's happened so far. And yeah, it was like, great logic. What kind, of an, what kind of an answer was that? Something might happen tomorrow, though. And yeah. I mean, we survived. We'd lived through it. Oh, did we? I mean, that, did we survive? In the, his, in the history of that facility, there was never shots fired, but it was something that went through our mind. Genuinely. Funny that uh, we've been in radio so long. As soon as you said, now again, I, I didn't know the end of your story that the gentleman had been, you know, expired. He got killed. But it, when, I, yeah. when you first said he got shot, I was like, well, it is fall ratings, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You never know uh, what these uh, radio station marketing departments, Dan, can cook up. You never know. uh, 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 Go ahead. No, you go ahead, Daniel. I know what I'm going to say. Oh, okay. Well, I was just... uh I'm going to change the subject. So okay, before you do, I'm just going to say, I, I, the last couple of weeks in the city, I was driving around downtown and in the west end of the GTA. There's all the radio station billboards up, Fred. Oh, really? Maybe so have they're still see, doing that? They're still doing contesting, wow. and they're still doing mm-hmm. promoting morning shows. And, and the our old radio station, The Edge, with Mora and Tucker, has a, uh, I think it's a pretty clever campaign where they show somebody who's really tired and it says uh, something to the effect of a, a, a morning show for people who aren't morning people. Something to that effect. All right. Yeah, I mean, it's cute. I don't know that it's going to, a bunch of people are going to see and go, oh, that's my radio station. But, uh, you know, I just, it was a very nice campaign. And uh, and I, I thought yeah. that whoever did it did a pretty good job. Oh, isn't that very nice? You know, you can, um, hey, that's it. I got nothing else. Just uh, I observed no, it. And I don't know if we spoke about this on this show, but just another example of where the business is going. That morning show is now simulcast in Ottawa on a station called Jump. Mm. So the Edge Morning Show 
And I guess the jump station plays the same similar music, I guess. Although jump doesn't seem to fit an edge format. But anyway, they're the morning show simulcast. Well, good for them. Uh, Daniel, wow. what, were, what were you going to say? I mean, and by the way, everyone, we're going to get to the Bob Callahan Senior Center. We just can't rush right into it. It's the kind of thing yeah. where it's, uh, it's a complicated story, and it, it includes some uh, surveillance video. Dan, what did you want to say? Oh, it's just uh, on the heels of Fred mentioning the Filipino guy getting killed live mm. on, you know, live stream. Have you guys noticed, I don't know if you twirl through Twitter and see, you know, videos and stuff, um, you know, you just start, it's like reels or whatever. You're watching a video and you you pull up and you yes, see the sure, next yes, video. Yes, yes, <clears throat> mm-hmm. yes. I've been surprised a whole bunch of times in the last couple of weeks, and I'm, I, I think it's because uh, Elon Musk has taken off the uh, filters or whatever, but seeing videos of you know like cars crashing or whatever yeah these crazy video clips yes yeah but i never used to see anybody die in them and i've started to see like elevator accidents and construction accidents and Mm. people you know getting you know hit by vehicles or motorcycles getting run over by transports and that kind of thing have you noticed that that's starting to you're seeing that more and more i haven't noticed it in terms of people being terminated but i have there there is a thing called crazy clips that has you know people you know falling off uh, the roof of their house into a pool or things like that but nothing where anyone gets killed yeah jesus Dan. Is, i've seen some bare titties they're allowing that now Oh, there's there's been bear titties. There's been titties on there Twitter. Has? I thought t- on Facebook they didn't no, allow no, bear Facebook. titties because recently I've seen a lot of bear titties. Yeah, but Facebook is not Twitter. Twitter's got titties. You've got porn on Twitter. Easy. Just search it out. Search it out. Okay. I'm, well, I was talking about Facebook. I'm sorry. No, no. Twitter titties has uh, been there for a while. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I guess, yeah, he's lifted some of the uh, restrictions. Um, before we get to uh, your, uh, was this your first visit to Bob Callahan? Uh, you know, I would say yes. Okay. The first sort of official um, taking part um, thing. Well, yeah. before we get to it, uh, because we're talking about the radio and significant dates, uh, the Tragically Hip has released... <laughs> Uh, a uh, special box set of this. Are you okay over there? Like I'm not. I can only hear you choking. Are you all right? So, oh, he's turned his mic off. Good. Uh, the 25th anniversary of uh, Phantom Power. Speaking of uh, an old radio. Yes, Dan was asking me about Phantom. Why don't you? Because you're the only one that understands it. What exactly, if you can, in a sentence or two, explain to the audience what Phantom Power is? Phantom Power is uh, for microphones. There are two kinds of microphones: one that don't need, ones that don't need power, and ones that do. And the ones that do, uh, you'd think you'd have to have a, a separate power supply to plug it in or use a battery. Well, using battery is, is done. The separate power supply is disguised in the three wires that hit the microphone. All right. And it runs down the microphone. They call it phantom because it doesn't... Because it's, it's the, the wires are serving two purposes, powering the microphone and taking the audio feed at the same time. It's technology that's been around since, uh, I don't know, 30 or something. Okay. Well, thank you for that, Daniel. The... Uh uh, this the song. There's there's a significance to this. Uh, part of it is, I was never that big on this song, but I'm doing a little research. By research, I mean looking at the internet. That this song spent 12 weeks at number one on Canada's alternative radio chart, which of course we were part of in 1998 when this came out. 
But this uh, album is significant for another reason. Fred, do you know what it is? It's significant for one of their most famous songs. Are you back? Yep. See, I had no idea that this album contained this song. Bob Cajun, uh, which won the Juno Award for Single of the Year in the year of the year. In 2000, for some reason, even though the album was, I guess, uh, released in 98. I don't know why. And the band just released a uh, box set complete with a 24-page original Bob Cajun illustrated video storyboard, behind-the-scenes photos of a coffee table book, etc. And uh, there you go, the uh, Tragically Hip, uh, yeah, for the Tragically Hip, uh, includes some songs never before heard, apparently, and uh, some live recordings. Great uh, Canadiana, you know. Yeah. It, it, it really is. It, Melanie, my sweet daughter, in her rec room at home, she just has one of those, you know, framed things, and it just has the line. Could have been the Willie Nelson, could have been the wine. It's yeah. just so cool. Because, you know, certain songs from, or certain lines from certain songs conjure up, you know, thoughts and memories, and that one certainly does it for me, I'll tell you. And I just I point out the fact that this is the album that contains Bob Cajun because for my in my mind I don't know why that I would have thought this song was older because it's become so a part of Canadiana in the summertime so a part of not just the tragically hip legacy but you know one of those Canadian songs that is uh, uniquely ours. You know when I was at the Wolf as a program director. I'm sorry, where? That- at the wall. You, were a, a you were a program director. director. And that was the time, and we worked quite closely with the promoter, the tragically hip in Bob Cajun, the right. field near Bob Cajun. So it was the tragically hip in Bob Cajun. The song was huge at the time, or on the heels of that song, you know, and becoming whatever you want to call it. And uh, it was just so exciting. Because we went to the site and saw where it was going to be, and it was this big field, and you know the hip and Bob Cajun and all that, you know the ticket giveaways and watching, uh, working closely and all the logistics about the parking and all, all everything that goes into a into a huge concert like that, I was sort of witnessed, and it was fascinating, and I couldn't I couldn't wait for the day. And we were all set up. There was this little house perched on a hill overlooking the site, which really wasn't on the site, but the house had a deck and it was perfect for us to watch the show from this deck and not be down in the trenches in the mud with all the people. Mm, yeah. And I just couldn't wait for that day. And the day arrived and there was all sorts of, I mean, you want to talk about traffic and gridlock and aggravating people and I'm on the deck and all I could think about the whole time I was there is how the fuck am I going to get out of here? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yes. I'm not, you know, and an, I, another Patterson <clears throat> magic memory. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and I left like really early. I thought, I get it. 
I've got a fl- I've got a feel for it. Yeah, now I've I have to seen go. them play some songs that yeah. I recognize. Now I'm leaving. Well, now you know why and I leave I early all the time. <laughs> um, so there you go. By the way, if you're interested, it's really something else. There's a mul- there's five tri- there's five discs. If you're getting the LP and uh, some not just including songs from Phantom Power, but the uh, you know the tragically hip. Not just capitalizing on uh, another way to make money, but <coughs> Jesus, man. <laughs> did I not? I'm sorry. Did I not mute that? No. no. You just, you, you, you fucking right in the middle of my tragically hip bit. Anyway, um, it can the, the, the it's not just, I don't mind them. It's not like they're money grabbing or whatever. I think it's legit if you're a fan of the band and just in time for the holiday season. Uh, it includes one other song I like. A lot of uh, people like this song. Uh, the, the rest of it, I really don't know. But this is called Fireworks. You remember this? It's kind of a hockey song, Dan. But it includes a reference to uh, losing his grip on Bobby Orr. If there's a goal that everyone remembers, it was back in 72. We all squeeze the stick and we all pull the trigger. See, there's a great line. Uh, you said you didn't give a fuck about hockey. I never heard someone say that before. We took, a, we went home the long way, loosening my grip on Bobby Orr, which I, you know, a young man coming of age. I, it's, there's just, you know, did you like this Gordon Downey guy? I could really throw a phrase together. Yeah, yeah, very um, nice. The other day, well, I was doing some stuff here. I'm freshening up the basement. I, in fact, I've changed my little situation here. Hmm. And I don't know if you got one years ago. We got the frame Bobby Orr picture, and it was personalized. Mine says, uh, Dear Fred, uh, uh, season greetings or something. Didn't you not get one? Probably. I don't know where it is. Anyway, it's in the... It's in the furnace room here, and I'm going through the stuff, and I thought, oh, maybe I should switch up the pictures down here. And I saw that one, and I reached for it, and then I thought, and it's quite a keepsake. Mm-hmm. I, again, it says Dear Fred, but it you know, it was just a blanket thing they put out. But I didn't because I thought of his, his endorsement of Trump. Exactly, I know. That full-page thing in the Boston Globe or whatever, his endorsement of Trump. And then I even thought of... At the time, Gord Downey, what with Gord loved Bobby Orr, but Gord, you know, the type of guy he was, mm-hmm. you know, he would have been the anti-Trump of all time. What Gord would have thought of Bobby endorsing Trump because Gord loved Bobby so much. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all these things went through my mind. Bottom line is I left the picture in there. I'm not. Really, well, I'm still uh, not over that. Listen, I have a, I have a two uh, sports memorabilia pictures. One is Mike Weir putting the green jacket of the Masters onto Tiger Woods' mm-hmm. shoulders. I love that picture. And the other one I have, I've had it for a long time, is Bobby Orr scoring the goal, flying mm-hmm. through the air. And it's iconic. It's a, I mean, and I, you know, I mean, when I, I see it all the time, but it's still I'm a bit of a, it's bittersweet for me now because I was, he was my favorite hockey player when I was a little boy. Um, listen, we got to get to this story because Bill Brio is coming up and um, I want to uh, make sure that uh, we get a few sponsors in. Daniel. Yes. Howard. So lovely having you with us. And uh, Dan's news after Bill Brio coming up in about. I don't know. What are you going to do in the next half hour? Are you going to you're in the hobo trailer for the last few times. You're going to like, get the get rid of the raccoon shit. What what is it you do? No, I'm going to you know like uh, reminisce. 
Oh yeah, through every square foot of the trailer. So it's probably the last few times I'll be in here. Well, you look over that trailer and not only the, the memories of all the wonderful experiences, but all the, have you, can you think of all this, all the different times you tore one off in one end of that trailer to another? Uh, some of those times. I don't think all of them will come to mind. Well, no, there's too many. A lot. There's too many. So, but, but yes. And now you bring that up, I'll have to think think that through as well. Hmm. I don't think I ever did inside the trailer, but I'm pretty sure I did it in your outer room. No, that's good. Yeah, good it's outside. Yeah. yeah. Whatever that's called. You couldn't, you had to. You're there for one night and you have to. Like, really. Come on. Oh, really, Kimmer. On a, on a guy's... Kimmer. Oh. <laughs> like, it's a pull-out couch thing that everybody's got to sit on. No, no. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? Let me apologize to Dan now. Uh, Dan's news coming up after Bill Braille, but first, Freddie, let's talk about these fine people. Uh, the retirement sheriff, sure, Tim Nimble, a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Tim will be by tomorrow to talk about life insurance, the basics. Oh, yeah, life insurance, part of your, you know, your wealth planning. Uh, part of your retirement planning. It can be. Is it more important than investments? He'll answer that question. And uh, if your current coverage is uh, renewing, is it worth it? Because as you get older, it becomes more expensive. You know that. Anyway, that's the topic tomorrow. Life insurance with the Sherpa. RetirementSherpa.ca. Uh, thank you, Friedrich. Let me get back to this page and talk about the electric vehicle revolution. I was reading somewhere, maybe I mentioned it to you. I mentioned to you a couple weeks ago that there's a an automaker that's looking at extending the range on an electric vehicle to like 1,200 kilometers. In the meantime, if you're curious about this, we recommend rentelectric.ca. Not just uh, Teslas, all kinds of Chevs, Chevrolets, Nissans, hatchbacks, sedans, SUVs. It's all there at uh, one 800 387-9391 and uh, you can use the voucher Humble EV to get $40 off your first rental. You can rent it by the way for an hour, for a day, for a weekend, for a week. Just to give you an idea what the experience is like. 1-800-387-9391 rentelectric.ca I realize I shouldn't have uh... I mean you can tell the story to me but would you like me to get Dan back so you can tell the story to him too about the senior center? Uh, I know you whatever. like an audience. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. No, I'm I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious. Let me just let me just because I'm okay. sure Dan would love to hear this story. Mm-hmm. So why did we banish him? <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't mean to. I forgot. Actually, for a second, I forgot where we were going. Mm-hmm. Here's Dan Duran. Where's Dan Duran? <laughs> There's a lot going on. You know, I don't have my second screen now, so it's thrown me off. I'm disoriented. Oh, there's Dan. He was probably thrilled we let him go. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I think Dan waits. There's a certain point where Dan enjoys being on the show, enjoys it, and then he's uncomfortable. Yeah, he's had enough. (laughs) So true, Bob. Dan gets like, okay. Oh, there's Dan Duran. Okay, fine. He was listening. I didn't Dan? I, I apologize, Dan. I didn't mean to banish you, as Fred said. Why did I wasn't banished I didn't because I forgot we were talking this important story. Everyone knows that uh, Fred and Delise have joined the Bob Callahan Senior Center. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, I don't know if you got a, uh, an email or a text, I should say, from Fred, but and uh, and I looked at it and 
I'll let you take over here, but I, I looked with wonder at the the secret video that Freddie shot at the senior center. <laughs> it was very clandestine. It was very clandestine, and I couldn't really see a lot, but it was basically a, a room full of Fred, and, and uh, well, you take it now, Freddie. I said Junie clones, meaning my mother. It just reminded me of being in a room with a bunch of my mothers in her 80s, by the way. Yeah. Um, let me uh, let me um, uh, preface this by saying, uh, remember as a kid, there was those who they were good hockey players, but wanted to stay in house league because they'd be better than everybody else. You know, they should have played. <laughs> That's right. They should have played rep hockey, but no, they wanted to stay in the house league because then they could be the best player. Well, that's sort of how I felt yesterday. And listen, I'm not in anywhere near great shape. But if I brought anything or took anything away from yesterday, I was probably the best student in the class. Mm. Of course, my classmates were probably 20. Well, okay, let's say 16, 17 women, most of them in their upper 70s and 80s. And there was a couple of men who appeared to be well into their 70s. And we, it was called the stretch and, um, and strength uh, class. <laughs> okay. But can you first tell, can you say, tell everyone, because Dahl didn't want you to secretly, secretly well, record Well, yeah, I'm getting to oh, that. Okay, so sorry. when we arrive and I'm looking around the room and I thought, this is funny. And I'm thinking, I shouldn't be here. Doll, maybe, because, you know, she doesn't get a lot of physical activity. And I'm thinking, boy, why am I here? I shouldn't <laughs> be here. So I've got, I, listen, I got to take a video. I said to Doll, I said, I gotta, I'm going to take a video with the room. She said, you can't do that. You can't just start videoing people. And I said, nobody's going to care. And she said, no, don't. So anyway, I went over to my bag anyway, and I grabbed my phone and I pretend that I was looking at a text or something. And then I held it down by my hip and hit video. Right. Mm. So I and then just move my hip to get a, a you know, a, sort of a, a, a pan the room. A bit. And that's what you guys saw. So it right. wasn't it wasn't very good. But when I looked at it, I thought, this is cool. You know, it's like I shouldn't be doing this, but I am. So yeah, I'm but let me just jump in. I, let, let me just jump in. quick. I don't think anyone in that room, if you were looking at pretending to look at your phone at eye level and shot the video, they wouldn't have they would have no idea what you, <laughs> what you were doing. Yeah, but you remember, I'm with Doll. Oh, I know. She, she really probably. overthinks that stuff. She said, oh, you can't do that. You might offend somebody. So it was fine. I played yeah. the game. Anyway, and I took the video and I sent it to you guys saying, here's my classmates. And this is our first class. And uh, anyway. So what was, was it called? Stretch, young, and, stretch and what? Stretch and strength. Oh, ah, okay. So you went over to this room and you got these little dumbbells, you know, and they said, you know, pick the appropriate weight. And I took the 10 pounders and Dahl took the three pounders or whatever. And then there was the elastic band <laughs> things that you're supposed to use. And anyway, so we sit down, everybody's sitting on a chair and they start playing like 50s music. Oh, and my God. The girl, the young girl running the course, you know, she's a big smile on her face and all the gestures. And we start by doing this dance. Right, like it, uh, I can't even describe it. Like shaking your hands and like it was like you were dancing. Anyway, immediately Doll starts laughing, and I said, "What?" And it, you know, I'm just the most uncoordinated, <laughs> awkward guy when it comes to stuff like that. She was she couldn't control herself laughing, watching me trying to do this dance, and this was like in the first minute of the course. 
And it was true. You know, you had to put left foot out, right foot out, and then shake this hand and shake that hand. And I was like, I was a mess. I couldn't do it. She could do it. All the 80-year-old women could do it. But could Fred do it? No, Fred couldn't do it. I looked like an idiot. Anyway, then we go through. It was 55 straight minutes, really, without stopping. Sitting and lifting these little weights and then turning your head and turning your waist and then holding the weight on your knee and lifting it up and down. And I'm going to tell you something. I felt it. Wow. I am not going to lie. It was a good little beginner workout, even for me. And listen to me, even for me. Even for you there. (laughs) But looking around the room at all these older women, and, and honestly, a lot of them, as I watched, they weren't really doing the exercises properly or they couldn't do them. But following this woman... And what she instructed us to do in trying to follow it as closely as I could, it was a good little workout. Like, even today, I can feel it a bit. It's not horrible. Mm-hmm. But you feel, like going you, to you feel like you've done something. I feel like I've done something. And I, especially the ones where you would get the bands and hold it on the end of your foot and then twist to the side and then twist to the other side. I thought, wow, I'm pulling on muscles that I haven't pulled on forever, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... And I'll tell you, the 55 minutes went by pretty quickly. And again, at the end of it, I thought, you know, that wasn't bad. I Mr. Attitude. I come in here with this attitude. Right. I shouldn't be here. <laughs> That's right. I'm- Look at all these old women. What a, You know, this is a joke. And no, I was put in my place. I was put in my place. Now, uh, Dan, do you have any um, follow-up questions for Mr. Patterson before I... Uh- well, I was just wondering if, as a former a program director, did you feel the need to uh, introduce a different playlist with all the uh, 50 songs? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, and it was all that bouncy sort of 50 stuff. And, you know, I think the last song was The Twist by Chubby Check. Jesus. An old woman looks at me and she said, you know, kids don't do The Twist anymore, you mm. know. <laughs> and by the way, and by, I looked at Dolly. Yeah. Said, "How do you react to that?" You know, you're right. The kids no. aren't doing the twist anymore. Yeah, but by kids, she meant sixty year olds. Those sixty year olds. Those kids aren't. Did um, I have a quick question? Uh, so, when it was over, did uh, what was Doll's reaction? Oh, Doll, Doll really, really enjoyed it. As I say, the thing is, I do a lot of walking and I do a stuff all around the house, and I have a little routine that I do here periodically but she hasn't gotten a lot of it so it was my idea to do this because more for her and mine to get out and get involved and maybe do something physical she really enjoyed it in fact she signed up for two classes today she's going to some yoga fusion thing fantastic and and at first you know same thing she thought you know, should I be going to the seniors club? Is it going to be enough of a workout? And then we popped our head in yesterday to see this class that she's part of today. And it'll be good for her. It would it would be good for me. Because, you know, any exercise program, whenever you start, you start slowly, right? Sure. And yesterday was like starting slowly for stretching. And I could have used a little heavier weights. Maybe I will next time. But as I say, when it was over, it wasn't like that was useless. Far from it. Far well, from you it. know, I'm glad to hear you say that. Did any of the uh, ladies invite you and Dawn? Would you guys like to come over and, you know, hang no. out? You know, I can feel it because, you know, the last few years of my mom's life, I could feel her loneliness mm-hmm. missing my dad. Sure. I could just feel it. And in that room yesterday, I got that feeling with a few of these women. 
you know, you could just tell they've probably lost their husbands and they're looking for something to do. And they just carry this air of, I don't know, loneliness or sadness. And I got that feel. And I, you know, I wanted to hug a few of them, but hey, that would have been bold. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you want to come over there and, you know, just come to the Fred man. Come uh, let Fred man comfort you. Yeah, but generally, and, uh, you know, I've signed up. There's six of them, and I'm going to go to all six because, uh, you know, again, I went in there. Are they once a week? Yeah. Oh, that's Which is next to useless anyway, too, right? (laughs) I mean, you should do it more than once a week. Well, it's better than doing absolutely nothing all winter. But as I I said to the least, she's talking about, oh, maybe we should get one of those machines or something. I said, you don't need a machine. All you need, all you need is dumbbells, you know, one of those bands and a chair and you can yeah. get a good workout. And that was proved yesterday, especially for people at our level. Oh, yeah. And all the thing, all the things we used yesterday are in this house now. So it's like there's no excuse. Well, so. no, the machine you do need is the machine that takes you out of your house to go to the center to actually do it. <laughs> exactly. That's the machine. <laughs> but the point is, when you're there yesterday with this young woman who's showing you how to do these exercises properly yeah sure so if you go there once a week you could all you can supplement it by doing it at home but uh and and i went in with the attitude i'll go the first one with doll and then i just won't go to any more uh, but no i'm gonna go well i'm happy it, for you dude as opposed to like going mm-hmm. in there you know your first reaction is like me well this is stupid and, yeah. <laughs> and then you're won over by how not stupid it turns out to be and that's uh no. that's a that's a very good that's called growing um dan what do you do for uh exercise in the winter time uh i do construction and that kind of thing go for a walk i don't do much so you do construction while you're walking like take a board and just hammer yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) i whittle dan is dan's told me many times he the 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 concept right of exercising like going in a room and lifting Mm -hmm. weights and exercise he hates and i i can relate to that i hate it too I like those people that can get over the hump like you, Howard. I think with your yoga and stuff, you get over the hump where you actually want it. I can't. Yeah, but I mean, I can't. I don't go to a a gym and work out. I mean, I work. I brought my I have those bands and I have uh, I have a home workout I do. But I I like I go to yoga class precisely so I don't have to do the exercise myself. Somebody else is telling me what to do. And a couple times a week, it's, you know, build strength. I do it for two simple reasons. Flexibility for golf and uh, to detox all the uh, takeout food I eat. Well, you know, when you were part of that gym years ago and I had the personal trainer through you guys, it was fantastic. I lost weight, got in shape, loved working with her. But, you know, that's a special situation. I mean, personal trainers are really expensive. Um, beyond that, or next to that, being in that environment yesterday, as you just described, with having an instructor, you sort of feel obligated to do the exercises in front of them, even if it's a room full of people. Do them right and do them to completion and do them properly. And 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 I and, and that's the key. That's what I liked about yesterday. So even if there was something for sort of men my age or more male oriented, a little tougher in that environment, having an instructor, even for many people, I think that's 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 a key part of it. Absolutely. And, um, you know, the thing you say, like all, all the men their age have probably passed on. So, you know, you know, you're yeah. looking pretty good to some of those. I mean, if Mildred comes over and says, Freddie, would you like to try my bunt cake? You know, she's not talking about pie. Uh, Dan, thank you. I appreciate you coming right. back. Uh, Bill Brio is with us now. It's time for Bill Brio. I gotta get him back in here. 
That was great. I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. Oh, yeah. It was a- <clears throat> and I'm glad my wife's out today to go to the other one. You know, it's just nice to get out of the house. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, my brother and I and his uh, lady Ruth, we did a yoga class here on, uh, I think, uh, Sunday with the uh, windows wide open, just the screens and like 35% humidity. And it was a 50 minute class. And when it was over, I was wearing a T-shirt completely soaked. Like, I don't know how much strength. All I know is it's definitely it's great for, you know, the detoxifying your. Yeah. Um, we're going to get to uh, Bill Brio here in a second. But first, Fred's got a great message about these fine folks. Uh, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one uh, group I think you already plan. Oh, you did the Sherpa no. first. Sorry, you're I right. I did the Sherpa. Yeah, yeah yes. you're right. Uh, Canada's uh, number one group benefits plan. Yes, it is. Uh, go to uh, chamberplan.ca today and you can get a free quote. Uh, your small business will join other small businesses. This creates the profile of a large business. And now, woohoo, look at that. Insurances are now affordable. And this could be medical. This could be dental. This could be, uh, you know, therapies. They have an HR department. They have uh, all sorts of mental health components that are very valuable these days. Hey, the travel insurance we talk, uh, we talk about is part of it as well. And it's top notch. It really is. Knowing that when you travel, it's all looked after. You don't have to do all that extra stuff. It's it's great. It's a great thing to do for your employees. Do it today. Go to Chamber of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca, and get a free quote. Hey, hockey fans. And we know you're out there. Grab your friends and take a trip down the block to Kelsey's to watch the game. Enjoy a cold 16-ounce Molson Canadian draft for only six fifty. That's right. Six fifty plus. Enter for your chance to win original six hockey tickets. All you gotta do is visit the Roadhouse to watch a game. Get a ticket and enter to win. This contest is on for a limited time only, so head on over. Because you know what, Fred? Game night should not be a tame night. Grab your buds and visit Kelsey's today, the original roadhouse. Kelsey's.ca has more details. No purchase necessary. Taxes extra. Of course, you have to be legal drinking age. And also, did you know, did you know that Kelsey's has been winging it since 1978? They have. Try their legendary chicken wings for half price wings every Thursday, sauced and styled how you like them, and wash them down with a $6, a $6 Coors. So look at that. What are you waiting for? Grab your buds and head to Kelsey's this wing night and celebrate the start of the weekend the right way. That's Thursdays at Kelsey's. Offer valid with a purchase of a beverage. Once again, legal drinking age. Please drink responsibly. Speaking of responsible, welcome back to this program. A man who has uh, filled us in on so many trends in the world of television because television feeds his family. He is the host of the the uh, Brio.TV podcast and uh, just great guests, great conversation. Welcome back to our show, William Brio. Thank you very much. Good morning, fellas. Good morning. Billy. Billy, I got an email this morning, literally seconds before you uh, joined us. I wasn't there. I didn't do it. Uh, someone saying uh, Nancy McLeod Elder. Don't know if you know her. Uh, subject line, uh, and she doesn't include friend, hi guys, so I will omit it for this one time. She <laughs> says, I'm curious to hear if Bill has seen jury duty, and if he did, his thoughts on it. We're enjoying it for a second time. Cheers, 
Nancy. I'm sorry, Nancy. I have not seen jury duty. I did jury, jury duty once. I oh, was really? a foreman here in Brampton. Yeah. Come on. And, on, on uh, what trial? Uh, it was, uh, was it murder. Uh, some just a petty. Some kid stole, stole some chocolate, and he will hang by the neck until dead. Bill was foreman. It was like Mister Mister Briel. They, we don't hang people for that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long time ago. I don't even really remember, but it was it was interesting. It, we we deliberated mm. for a few hours and uh, did uh, come to a conclusion. But uh, the only thing I really remember about it is the. Uh, what, there was an elderly lady who was one of the members of the jury, and her son uh, played for an NHL hockey team, or her grandson. Yeah, her mm. grandson. Mm. So I, don't, I don't even remember that, so I'm sorry. I, I think she it. was in my class. I was just going to say okay. that. She was, she was in Fred's stretching and strength class over at the uh, Bob Callahan. Hey, um, oh. but Billy, <laughs> at the BC, um, why is Nancy so excited about jury duty, and where would I see it if I wanted to? Howard, I'm I'm not sure. Honestly, okay. that's my short you know answer. But uh, you know, there's there's so much television, and I just can't see everything. And I, I haven't seen Jury Duty uh, and many many other shows. But I'll no, look it up now. Well, now that thank you, Nancy. Now that you brought it to our attention, I'll I'll have a look at it. Um, you know, I've been seeing those bills. I was talking to Fred about looking. Uh, you know, at all the fall promotions for radio stations. And, of course, there's all the fall promotions around the GTA for television shows. And I I thought to myself a while ago, back at the end of the summer, that, you know, there's Survivor still on and who's watching Survivor. But according to your notes for today, everyone's still watching Survivor. Yeah, it's the number one show in Canada. You'd never know because, you know, the networks got together a few years ago and decided we're not going to really share these numbers anymore. They uh, together, they sort of are run numerous, which is the company that gathers data for uh, television, radio and things. And so, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the the numbers are going down and advertisers pay strict attention to these things. So they're just going to service those clients. They're not going to share. They used to put out a top 30 shows every week in Canada, not for the last couple of years. So you really have to dig and ask. And uh, CTV likes to. Uh, remind advertisers that they've been the number one uh, broadcaster for over 20 years in Canada, 22. And uh, they still are, according to them. But they sort of rushed the, the chart out their own. And, and after three weeks of the seasons, we're number one this fall. And, and granted, they will be because they have quite a lead. But the number one show is on Global, which is Survivor in its 45th incarnation. Wow. And, uh, you know, and we're looking at a fall that's very unusual. All the big imported dramas, the hour-long shows, they're not back because of the ongoing actor strike and then the writer's strike. It might be a year before you see new episodes of NCIS or, you know, Law & Order or these different things. So um, they've had to sort of plug holes. Uh, and a lot of it is reality TV right now. We're seeing all kinds of bachelor kind of uh you know big brother shows uh, uh the one that my kids have been talking about and strangely watching is the golden bachelor fred do you know about that one no it's a, a guy who's the bachelor and except this time he's 71 years old and all the oh. women on it are sort of in their late 60s but apparently all the uh, other trappings of these of the reality show are pretty much the same yeah, it's fascinating in a way, and it's getting good reviews, which generally never happens with The Bachelor. Uh, you know, it, the guy is 72, and the ladies are all in their 60s and 70s, so it's appropriate, uh, and um, there just seems to be a kinder, gentler 
version of of a very popular <laughs> franchise. And I was shocked. I thought, you know, this is a show that airs on uh, City TV. I thought it would be in the top twenty. And when I went to investigate this, and no, uh, so huh. I think older demos are watching. The boomers are watching the boomer uh, bachelor, but uh, a lot of folks are not. Okay. Wouldn't you be all spongy down there? You think? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, I was just um, going to say when they do the when they do the overnights, does he have to like? Is it called the Viagra yeah. Room or? <laughs> yeah, I guess there's a cable version, the Golden Showers. Bachelor. Hey now, <laughs> my friend, come on. Hey, um, you make a note here. Uh, you know, some reality crap, Snake Oil with David Spade. You know, yeah. whenever I see the promo for that, I I I can't help but think. You know, what kind of a compromise was this for David? I mean, money is money. But just given his profile, it's like, yeah, I guess I'm going to have to take this show. No, but Freddie, I, I, huh? I thought the same thing. He doesn't have yeah. to take this show. He's got all the money he'll ever need. Now, my question is more, why did he take this show? Yeah, it just, it doesn't. To me, it just off the promos. Number one, it doesn't fit. And, the, and that's what comes to my mind. He can't be enjoying this, can he? I he took it because Jamie Foxx turned it down, or five other people. I think I, 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 you know, it's it's profile on an American network, which still counts for something. Yes. Uh, and you know, here's the shocker: this is a top twenty show in Canada. CTV is simulcasting it, and uh, yeah, it's new, so people are looking at it right now. And uh, uh, you know, so it's not a bad decision on Spade's part because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of competition or things to look at. So if it, it all it does is help people come to his podcast or his stand-up uh, shows. Because I, I went to, I, I listened to an episode of his podcast last week because of the the guest was on as a comic I like. And David Spade, the, the way they were talking about, it, they're doing shows together. David Spade still plays couple thousand seat um, shows all over North America. Mm-hmm. So yeah. again, you know, I, I have a question about the writer strike though. So these shows, these um, reality shows, yes, they're not hour long dramas. But aren't there some, isn't there some writing credits on, or they all, or, or does the writing all come under the um, category of producer? It's under a different guild. It's not, and they don't really, there isn't really a guild for reality. There's been a lot of movement that this, there should be, you know, there's a lot of contestants, uh, people who are participate, who uh, feel taken advantage of, they don't really get, you know, enough uh, remuneration uh, and others better. You know, it's a strange world. And uh, yeah, the, the people who make the reality shows really aren't interested in a guild uh, getting involved here because they're cheap to produce. Mm-hmm. And that's why the networks love them right now. They're throwing them in. Um, but uh, no, there isn't. A, a, they don't have the same rules. But you're right, Howard. It's all written. Uh, there should be people who uh, are uh, compensated and part of the guilds. But right now, they're not. Um, did this affect Britain at all? Because Elise and I, my wife, uh, we've just completed watching uh, Top Boy. And were, were, were the writers in Britain affected by this? Because that's fresh and right up to date. And yeah, it's just different guilds. So, no, they're yeah. not. But And that's why you're seeing more and more British television uh, on the air this fall on American TV. Okay. Uh, even, you know, there's Doctor Who is coming back for a 60th anniversary. Three new specials coming up. David Tennant, one of the favorite uh, Doctor Who's is back. Uh, so that's coming up with big news. But, um, yeah, no, they're not. Just like in Canada, uh, our guilds are different. And uh, so, you know, there's still new episodes of Murdoch Mysteries 
and uh, Hudson and Rex, you know. It reminds me, I think it was back in the 70s, the NFL went on strike, maybe the 80s, and instead they showed CFL games. Didn't go over well. <laughs> yeah, in the sure. No, they did. They actually did on Sunday afternoons, and it was well, didn't it, go over well. It's an interesting mm-hmm. point, Fred, because CTV has the rights to the NFL, mm-hmm. and uh, they're, you know, they show on Sundays. It used to be just on TSN. Now yeah. it's on CTV. Oh, on the and, full network. They're they're doing very well with those broadcasts, uh, the football right now. For and sure. and what's interesting about that too is, CTV has NFL on TSN. They put it on the main network, but uh, the CFL they never put on the main network. It's exclusively TSN. Yeah, it well, just the shows you what, what um, the app. Yeah, well, what the appetite is for it. It's uh, it's a little concerning, but. That's um, reality. I was going to say, let's, uh, there's another note here, and it's been a week or so, or maybe more, a couple of weeks, actually, since Matthew Perry died. And um, you said uh, you have actually, you, you interviewed him several times over the years. Uh, strangely enough, once right before their Friends premiere in September of 93. What, what was that like? I used to go on uh, over to Global when I worked at TV Guide and to talk about what's coming up this week on TV. You folks remember Bob McAdory, I, mm-hmm. I imagine. So, but Bob was one of the three nice guys at noon on Global in the 80s and 90s, and he had a show called Entertainment Desk along with Elaine Loring. And uh, the, his guest, I would go, I just showed up that Friday, and there's uh, Matthew Perry, this new guy from this new show. And Bob... Anybody else would have said, Bill, get lost. And and instead, he said, why don't you do the interview on the air with Matthew Perry? Uh, wow. Just that kind of a generous guy Bob was. So it, I was sort of thrown into that. And I, I knew about the show and that it was going to be or everyone thought the big hit uh, that fall. It was on Thursday night on NBC after Seinfeld in the must-see lineup. And it you know was literally the, the creators took six people who had bombed on other shows and put them on a good show and 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 so it looked like it was going to be a winner james burroughs the director uh so i was it was interesting to talk to him he was just 24 and you know he was i i interviewed him many times he always uh was very uh friendly and um glib smart fast you know he was quick on his feet and liked to try to be funny um so i i, I but it was at that point, the tsunami of friends had not overwhelmed mm-hmm. him, and that was an interesting time to talk to him because a year later I talked to him. The Canadian Network Global brought him back to Toronto. They tried to put him in a hotel, and he's like, uh-uh, Skydome. And so they, they made sure he got the big view of the baseball field. Oh, that's cool. Things had changed, you know, like he was a big mm-hmm. shot at this point. But he was still, we had a good chat, and um, even in later years when – Things are not going so well. He actually was more interesting interview then. He was often very candid about his struggles and uh, just uh, such a terrible waste that he died so young. Yeah, you know, over the past week or so, I'm thinking, is this a bit over the top? And then I'm thinking, no, you know, that show and that character were huge for a generation. Absolutely huge. So, again, I can't totally relate to somebody like that dying, but... You know, even even my grandkids now sit and watch Friends and mm-hmm. love it. You know, it's just such a huge part of so many lives and childhoods. And that's, that's the shock, Fred, is mm-hmm. how that show has legs with young viewers, uh, unlike anything else. Like I sort of like mm-hmm. you. I'm, I'm, uh, I I watch Seinfeld. I did Friends. I were they were they weren't my friends, but mm-hmm. uh, they were for 
people today in their 30s. Uh, you know, it was one of the strongest shows ever on Netflix, mm-hmm. like The Office. You know, people rediscovered it, a whole new Gen X, Gen yeah. Y. They all love the Friends, and it's uh, un- unlike many other shows today. But Friends was part mm-hmm. of that, part of that wave of uh, sort of the end of the Cheers generation and the beginning of the Seinfeld years. But I, I remember it being a show I liked, but not loved. I mean, we all referenced it. You know, everyone had a friend's reference. But I would tell you, my daughters are 29 and 25 and have seen all the episodes. Yeah. You know, they, and, yeah. and as far as going over the, or being over the top, I think it's more just like, you know, the, the 90s, I don't know if you guys ever have the sensation of how, I'm always shocked by how long ago the 90s were, because in my mind, they were just like a couple of years ago. Yeah. No, I know. But, so uh, you know, yeah. that's the, as we were saying, the the weekend or the week after he died, it was the first friends, first friend to go. At some point, there's going to be a cast member of Seinfeld. At some point, you know, right. on yeah. and on. You know, another spin on that, um, where, where I was streaming and everything, you know, that Thursday night lineup was must-see. I mean, sure, you could, you know, tape it with your vcr but still it was a thing on thursday nights to be in front of your television appointment watching for that thursday night lineup which was seinfeld and friends and was fraser, fraser was on there yeah yeah it well, was crazy it mm. was and uh mm. you know night court was part of that and then at 10 o'clock they had er which was the mm-hmm. number one show on tv that year of 93 when friends premiered and uh by the end of that season Friends was number two, you know, like mm-hmm. so it took off right away. You know, Bill, one other reference you made to Bob McAdory, yeah. and I remember him on Global of People. A lot of people would uh, remember that, but I remember him when he was a disc jockey on CKEY, and yeah. you said he was a good guy. He was one of the CKEY good guys. Yeah. That's and that their lineup, you know, their daytime lineup for all the jocks. He was one of them. That's how old I am. Wow. Well, mm-hmm. me too, Fred. Even before that, and I don't really remember this, but he was at Chum, and he was yeah. the guy on stage in '64 when the Beatles played yeah. uh, uh, the Maple Leaf Gardens. It was uh, McAdory introduced him. Yeah. Hey, hey, speaking wow. of Beatles, we you know, we don't want you to belabor this, but did you have any thoughts about any? Because we talked about now and then and how we sort of liked it, and a lot of people seem to hate it, but. You're I an, sure do, Howard. Yeah, I love the the Beatles, but you know, this is to me a bad bread song. That's a great reference. And and uh, you know, I just uh, I, I think Peter Jackson did a tremendous job with the video. I think yes. if you just watch the video, you think, hey, this song's not bad because it's a very nice nostalgic blend, and there's a lot of gimmicky special effects. You got George and John dancing around. They make that song seem almost happy. Mm-hmm. If you just listen to the song, you want to jump off a bridge. Yeah, it's a bit, you know, it's funny. That's a great reference, by the way, to Brad, because all Brad's songs were sort of like a dirge, right? They're all very yes. turned down and yeah. dopey and drippy, but yeah. uh, I, I mean, found her diary. That's right. Jump if off a, a picture right. paints a thousand words. Um, let's move on to some of the news stories. I was interested that uh, Blackberry, which I saw the Blackberry movie. I loved it with uh, Jay Baruchel. And uh, the dude from uh, It's Always Sunny. Howerton. Yeah, Yeah. really good. So CBC is doing a documentary or? No. Oh, this is the Oh, they're releasing the movie. This is the television premiere of it. Oh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood that. Coming up in in Thursday, starting uh, this week. So it's, yeah. Yeah. Definitely, uh, if you know the story about these guys, and it's it's obviously they've got a couple of guys who are from sitcom 
you know, better known as comedians, playing the, the guys who developed BlackBerry. So it's very tongue-in-cheek and fun. Freddie, did you, you see it? Yeah, oh, yeah. And when I started, the first 20 minutes, I'm thinking, this really feels like a Canadian production. <laughs> like, Bolsilli's hair, to me, looks so fake, like the bald thing. Um, but, all, but all of a sudden, it clicked, and I really, really enjoyed it. It, but again, at the beginning, it had that sort of cheap Canadian feel to me. But um, and that's awful to say. But I think you know what I'm talking about. Um, but it ultimately it was great. I really enjoyed it. Watched it all. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, so much drama and comedy in that story. Mm-hmm. Like so, it's it's a yeah. great show to uh, to, to do with. A lot of folks to me, I know, uh, still miss the BlackBerry and yeah. the buttons, right? And, and I was going to say, there was that one guy that was uh, Mike uh, Lazaridi's partner before Balsilli came in, who Balsilli eventually got rid of, but he got rid of, and that guy mysteriously is one of the richest people in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, like, yeah. it, it worth, I'm not sure if it's billions, but, you know, he, he got out of there with hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. He sold it. He he sold at the perfect time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple more shows, and then we'll let you go. Something called the Curse is coming to Showtime Paramount. Yeah, this is um, Paramount Plus uh, in Canada has it. There's this uh, Nathan Fielder's from Toronto, and folks might have seen the rehearsal, which was a very strange show. But he did mm-hmm. Nathan for you. Uh, he was involved in How to with John Wilson. He all is all this stuff makes you feel edgy and uncomfortable, <laughs> and then it's all on purpose, you know. And then this one, he's playing a, a couple with Emma Stone as his wife, and he's playing the husband. And they do things to try to conceive a child. They try to do some house flipping. Every episode is uh, just seems to be cursed. You know, they just can't seem to do it. So it's just more cringeworthy fun uh, from Nathan Fielder. But you know what? Nathan Fielder, um, who we were introduced to mainly through you, like talk about a step up because he's gone from sort of quirky guy in the street, the rehearsal kind of reality based improv to Emma Stone. I mean, that's a pretty big step up. <laughs> You're right. It's a stepping stone. Ah, very good. I, I actually, I think not only do I think she's talented, but I think she's very fetching, as we used to say back in the 1800s. I, I would agree. Yeah. So it's uh, lucky Nathan. But uh, yeah, you know, he, he just, I think, has this carved out a, a niche where he is the quirky reality guy. And uh, some of the stuff is disturbing and interesting. It's just different. So, yeah. And the crown? It's back well, for you know, I, I, I don't even I, no, I gave up on it a couple of years ago seasons ago yeah. I yeah when I found out it wasn't about dentists I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bill's on fire this morning mm-hmm. you should see if you can get him a gig at the Callahan I want to tell you I want to say hello to the small Canadian boys I met while I was overseas that's there. right mm-hmm. well bunch of guys um, I couldn't tell you I, the last time I here's how long ago it was I saw the crown the original queen who I thought you that young lady did a great job um, that's how. Yeah, it's it's all different. Imelda Staunton plays the queen now, and uh, it, it, yeah, you know we're we're winding it down. It's Lady Di is a part of the story. She dies, and uh, this is a spoiler alert. Mm. Uh, but mm. uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I liked it in the middle when it was uh, the casting was a little different, and and also with stories from the sixties and seventies that I had forgotten about the royal family, right? And it was. Uh, very interesting and now it's just sort of too much like tmz's version of uh, the crown mm-hmm. so uh you know. 
Hey, Billy, um, you said you met Matthew Perry, and I was going to ask you a few minutes ago, were you ever in the same room as uh, Jennifer Aniston? Yes, yeah. I remember sitting at a table with a few folks, and uh, she and Courtney Cox were at our table, and I thought, Mm. um, uh, Jennifer Aniston has, like, unbelievably perfect skin. I was just going to say, I'll bet you her skin is beautiful, Mm -hmm. and she probably smells great. Yeah, I don't remember if I was close. I was sitting with other TV critics, so the smell wasn't so great. Mm. But uh, yeah, of course, uh, yeah. I'm sure if I was there. You know, but no, she was quite uh, very pretty. And uh, this was early in the run. By the time Friends got to the end, um, the critics were invited to walk, to go to the set at Paramount. But we were pinned into the bleachers, and they were sitting on director's chairs down on the stage floor. Mm. And that's as close as we got. <laughs> like they like, they kept us arms length after yeah. a while. Yeah, I I don't know. You were saying, oh man, I yeah, I'd get all nervous and I you know spill my water and everything if I was around. But she might like that. That sort of you know I every know. man yeah. vibe. Uh, <laughs> at the end, they were were they not the last season? They were making a million each. Think yeah, about yeah. how much money, how much money that series was making if six cast members made a million each per episode times at least eighteen to twenty episodes. That's how much money that series made. Well, yeah, did I not, twice, sorry, go ahead, Fred. Did I not read this week? They're still, they make a million a month each now. As oh, yeah. The residuals. A, a million a month they're making all those cast members. Well, not well, Matthew anymore, but. Yeah, I think Perry was making a million a week. They all were. And so that was 24 million uh, the last two years each, yeah. uh, you know, uh, each year. Um and he spent, you know, a lot of that on trying to get sober, you know, yes. millions and millions of dollars. But uh, he was, uh, you're right, it was, a, it was an oil well for all of mm-hmm. them. It was yeah. a perpetual thing. Um, speaking of uh, Jennifer Aniston, Fred, the ori- television's original Jennifer Aniston, and I say this, I think you guys would agree, Mary Tyler Moore. On the way here, I'm in Mexico, Billy, and I, I watched, uh, I, guess it's, I guess it's HBO, but it's a documentary called Being Mary Tyler Moore. And Freddie, you guys, both of you would love it, but Freddie, you especially, because I know you love that sort of time frame of television. There's an appearance on it from all these different people and what Mary, how Mary Tyler Moore changed the landscape. But I I, I shouldn't say you would also love it, Billy, because it starts with her career in the 50s through the 60s into the 70s. And uh, just how unusual it was for a woman to have it, even 1970-something, when that series premiered, the big controversy was, well, she has to have a, she has, she has to be married. She can't be a single woman yeah. with no man. Yeah, um, no, Jim Brooks, uh, they, they conceived it of her as a divorcee, and then CBS said, no way, we're not yeah. having her, people will think she's divorced Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, you can't you, you can't do this. So they had to make her someone who just had a failed relationship. I've seen the doc. It's outstanding. Oh, you've seen it. And, and, and oh, Freddie, yeah. Freddie, I'm telling you, when I say Jennifer Aniston oh, of her day, she was f- stunning, stunning. Yeah. This woman, she well, was, and it's a great doc. doc and, and I just, I'm not sure if it's on. Was on. It was on a streaming service, but it was the, her husband, uh, Grant Tinker, uh, who was. Yeah, no, but the, later on, the the gentleman she was married to uh, in later years, who was mm-hmm. a doctor, um, he had all kinds of offers to make this doc, and he went with um, the least likely people. These were uh, African American producers and and uh, a comedy star, and um, they they did the doc, and I think that they're oh, was it W. Camus? From- What's his name? Camus. Um- 
wasn't Camille Bell, no. It was, um, oh my goodness, a young lady who has, uh, you know, but but anyway, he had all kinds of opportunities to approve a doc, and he just really thought, I'm going to get this fresh look at Mary Tyler Moore, so and and they nailed it. They just yeah. Uh, I mean, don't you think job. Fred? Don't you think Fred will love it? It's just really oh, it's uh, yeah. yeah. Fred, you're going to just a, take it. Wasn't she a teenager when she got the part on Dick Van Dyke? I think like nineteen well, or she was twenty three. Yeah, oh, twenty three. Okay. Prior to but, that but it, though, she had been oh, a teen. Yeah, prior to that, she'd been a teenager on a series where they didn't you didn't see her. She was this oh, okay. sort of shadowy figure on a uh, in a detective show with oh, David okay. Jansen, who became the fugitive. But well, uh, you, you saw her legs. You saw her Richard legs. Diamond, yeah. Retro Diamond Private Eye. Yeah, Freddie, I'm going to tell you if where I think you can get it on Crave. But uh, talk I'm in. to yeah. I'm in. it's one of those things where I when I, I just mm-hmm. for some reason I just remembered it now. But on the plane here, I thought, oh my god, the Fred man's going to just love the shit out of this. Uh, everybody, uh, we want you to go to Brio.tv, Y-B-R-I-O-U-X dot TV. The uh, stories are there. The podcast is there. And this sweet gentleman is there. Thank you very much, as always, for your participation on this program. My pleasure, Howard and Fred. Great to talk to you again. Great to be Great. with you, as Good always. You, Billy. There's okay, Billy Brio. All right, guys. Uh, Bill Brio will be back next month. Goddamn, Bill Brio is such a good guy. It's a lot. It's a lot. There's a lot going on in that head of his. You know, he's got a lot of stuff to keep track. <laughs> all right, Billy, take care. You know, I used to think about that all often. You know, in my formative years, thinking, God, I'm a lucky guy. I love radio. I'm in radio. I love sports. I'm a sportscaster. How great is this? I mean, really, I did. Look at Bill. Same thing. Like, you know, he can look back in his life and I was paid to watch TV. Yeah. Only people working in factories and horrible jobs. Yeah, I do know. can't wait to get home to watch TV. (laughs) Talking of that. I know people used to say, speaking, talking of that. Like, I oftentimes, uh, I don't know about you, I'll play down the fact that I have had this pretty... Blessed, if you want to use the biblical, the religious. I mean, we were pretty lucky, right? To your point. Um, But I often will play it down when I'm around other people that have had like real jobs. And I think about, well, you know, it's just sometimes when I'm speaking, like I I had dinner the other night with my brother and his wife and their friends. And this gentleman is in his mid 70s and he was the CEO of a big company, big oil company type of thing. I'm not sure if it was an oil company, but it's just a big company. And, And then he, you know, he's been on boards of, Whatever, but and I was a bit I'm not shy, but I, I'm always a bit reticent to talk about. Well, you know, I was a radio guy. It seems seems silly sometimes, right? But you know what, Fred? It was way more fascinating to him. Like I wanted to talk about oh, what yeah. he did, but those type of people, and I meet them all the time, are way more fascinated by this than we would imagine because it's not the average thing that most people did for a living. No, and you know what it is to a lot of people? We represented their escape, and that's a fascinating thing to them. You sure. know what I mean? We we were what they did on their own time or when they wanted to, you know, be entertained or get away from it all. And, uh, not, only, yeah, not only that, but that when you meet, I guess, I guess mm-hmm. for some people, when you meet people like us that either had done this, because they were both fascinated mm-hmm. by the fact that I was still working here, and then I was yeah. talking about a podcast, it just seems dumb. But uh, they were fascinated by it because mm-hmm. 
They don't, you, because they, in their world, they run into lots of other people that work at companies, run companies, mm-hmm. work for marketing firms, this and that. But you don't run yeah. into people that do this very often because not many people do it. No, they don't, Howard. No, they don't. Uh, I can't. I can't wait for you to go and see this uh, this thing. Speaking, I was going to mention another documentary that I can't wait for. Maybe you've seen it advertised, but on November 11th, and I put a note down here. I'll, I'll remind you next week or at the end of this week. November 11th, there's a an Albert Brooks documentary coming out. Did you see that anywhere advertised? No, no. And it looks like it's been produced by Rob Reiner. From what I remember. All right. But if you're a comedy fan, and again, a fan of like the the 60s and 70s on, you know, talk shows and stuff, you're going to get a real kick out of this thing. I can't remember what the name of it's called, but uh, look up Albert Brooks, November 11th. Uh, Dan Duran's back. Daniel. Yes. um, I think Tim Daniels is going to join us at some point. Okay. Uh, I have that here in the Calandra, but uh, let me just double check it. The Calandra? Call it the calendar. It says, oh, he, right. it, it says he's going to, but, uh, you know, you can hang out until that happens. He's a busy man. He's halfway around the world there across the the, the big pond there. So he's a, you never know. Eh? Hey, a throwback to our conversation earlier about the, uh, you know, the, the expanse of the universe and God and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Here's an interesting thing. Scientists, uh, there's a new uh, uh, space telescope out there from the European Space Agency called Euclid. It was launched about four months ago, and uh, they released the first uh, the first pictures taken by that telescope yesterday. Mm. Um, or maybe it was today. Anyway, they, they're, they, it's a, there's a group shot of a thousand galaxies mm. cluster 240 million light years away. Wow. A thousand, not, not stars, a thousand galaxies why did God just pick this little dot? It's amazing. No, no, those he galaxies. This little one. Eh? Those galaxies are called God's nutsack. <laughs> it's just it. Billions and billions of those little things. He chose this one. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. This is against a backdrop of more than 100,000 galaxies, billions of light years away. And again, to Fred's question. So do you think that this is the only galaxy or solar system that... Has God and baby Jesus and the Holy Spirit looking over it? Or, or is he, are they looking over everything? Well, he's looking over everything if you're yeah. into the whole God thing. But I'm, uh, looking I'm willing everything. to accept that there's another, you know, another civilization on another planet <laughs> no. somewhere in that. Sorry, you gotta, I gotta, the I gotta, the I gotta, fucking world, the world needs a fucking intervention. No, really. Fred needs We've to turn his to mic up. This religion thing. Huh? You need to turn your mic up because your singing was drowned out by Dan talking. Because I'm looking over a fucking, <laughs> you're about to sing. I'm looking over a four-leaf clover. Yeah. But, was that one of the songs you played in your class? with Mildred and Burl yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, by the way, I, I've been saying this forever that world needs an intervention. We need aliens to fucking finally go, okay, enough with the God stuff, everybody. You doofuses. But even like this guy, Mike Johnson, the speaker, that is, I'd love to sit him down and oh, just yeah. say, you know, did you see the telescope thing, buddy? Explain that. <laughs> That's right. Like, seriously. So what's your response to that? I love that question. First question from Mr. Patterson. Did you see the telescope thing? <laughs> <laughs> buddy. <laughs> buddy. 
Now tell us your world your world view is a Bible. Yeah. Good one, fella. Uh, another mm-hmm. telescope I thought you were going to mention, Dan. They are launching a telescope in a hot air balloon, like a, a, a big giant balloon that's going to go way up in the atmosphere for the next uh, couple of months. And I don't have the story in front of me. It was just something I read this morning. I thought that's where you were going. But this is, you know, fascinating. So your point about the solar systems is, oh, here comes Tim. Um, hold your thought. But I need to know when, okay. you, when you come back. So what does a Dan, what does Dan Duran think of? A young boy, father was a minister. Do you believe that, that Jesus and all those guys are out there somewhere just wandering around? I just want hold that answer until after Tim did. All right, okay. okay after Tim. Do this one more time. Why not? <laughs> That's right. Tim Daniels is joining the waiting room. Tim Daniels. Tim Daniels. Tim Daniels. Where's Tim Daniels? Tim Daniels. He's in uh Florence. Uh, Florence. He's in Florence. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there he is. Yes. I forgot to uh, click on the pop-up window that uh, warns me that this is a, a live presentation. You don't so even I, worry about it, son. How are oh, things oh, in Florenza? How are things in oh, Florenza? <laughs> uh, it's it's good here. It's wintry. I think today it's only uh, I think eighteen degrees. So it's uh, we're we're starting to feel it. You can see I got the yeah yeah. The fleece sweater on today, so and so pretty magical. It's interesting how we we get acclimatized. Like eighteen is like, you know, yeah, you know, it's so true, Fred. I, mm-hmm. I mean, we come through three months where it's between thirty and forty right. every day. Yep. Um, all of a sudden, eighteen feels like friggin' winter. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, it's the magic of uh, our technology. Fred's in Brampton. You're in Florence, Italy. I'm in Mexico, and trust me, it ain't 18 degrees here. What is it? Uh, Right now, the current temperature is, uh, let me see, it is 27 degrees, feels like 29, going up to 35 this afternoon. 35. Something like that. Yeah, 32, 33. Um. But, you know, I, I had the same thing happen to me, Tim. I moved to Los Angeles in the summer uh, when I was there for a few years, and it was like 95, and I was like hot. And then, of course, winter comes, and it's only 75. But by a year yeah. after that, once it gets down to 65 or 70, or 55, I should say, it does start to feel cold. And what friends say, you get kind of acclimatized to a certain temperature. Yeah, um, sure. Do people yeah, beyond who, a doubt. I, I remember, you know, when I was living in Delray in Florida, and uh, this time of year, you know, actually a little later, now it's still good and warm. But you get into December and the temperatures, uh, you know, around 22, 25 degrees Celsius. And the water temperature is still pleasant, but, you know, it's not the same as the summer. And we'd be out there in our fleeces, you know, our winter fleeces. And you see these tourists, yeah. German mm-hmm. or Canadian tourists on the beach swimming. Like, oh my god how are, they, how are they managing that but and then i kind of shake my head and say well it's it, you know it's still like 25 degrees out here it's, yeah. it's still very civilized so yeah so you do acclimatize there's no no doubt about that let me ask you this as a worldly man you lived in florida and now you live in florence or italy yeah. What is a better place to live? Or can you answer that question? I, no, you, you can't. 
you can't, Fred, because, um, you know, first of all, what I've come to learn, you know, having chased it half my life, uh, paradise is a state of mind. You know, every place has its positives and its negatives. Um, and uh, depending on where you're at, it, at, at a given point in life, different places, you know, will suit your lifestyle. Um, we loved it when we were living in, in, in Florida. Um, but it was, you know, very much the single couple lifestyle, you know, out for dinner every night with friends and, mm -hmm. you know, over to the, the, the squash club for a couple hours every afternoon, that, that sort of lifestyle. And it was wonderful. Um, and all of a sudden kids come along and it changes your perspective. And, and you say, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure if I want to raise kids in, in Florida. Um, and, uh, and all of a sudden, you know, there's other um, parameters that become, you know, the, the, the central points at that point in, in, in your life. So here in Italy, for example, um, we have, you know, terrific educational system now you know my kids go to a, a private school so they're not you know they're not exposed to that anyway but but the public school system here is just top drawer top mm -hmm. rated um right. you have you know, a yeah, top right. rated care system you have real food um and it's real well, that's, food. that's a great you point send your kids to school without you know worrying right. that's you right know, they're going to be shot yes. but, but let me let me yes. just remind let me just remind everybody who's forgotten tim and i are originally from moose jaw so everywhere is pretty much gravy after that <laughs> and, and you know i i said that to people always ask me because i've lived in you know five different provinces two different countries a bunch of yeah. different cities and people always say well what's your favorite place and i always answer wherever where wherever i was at the time was my favorite place to live because it right you know you just sort of yeah. find your community wherever it is um let's get to yeah. today's topic which is the wonderful world of boron as we've been discovering yes. over the last few months that there's a couple things that we you know want to, I, I always make this point when we're talking about boron one at boron1.com is the many many applications of boron and how you've educated us over the last few uh, months, almost this whole year, about how ubiquitous, I love that word, boron is in everything, in everyday society, building materials, household things. Yeah. But today I thought we would talk a little bit more, because we sort of got into it last time, about yeah. just how, because again, we're not, we always make the uh, proviso when we talk about the company, that we're not advising anyone to make an investment, we can't make That's any true. claims. But, but I do talk to people who have, have reiterated what you've said, which is how unique it is for a company, a, a junior mining company, to get to the place that you guys are at and how, how, what an opportunity that is. And maybe take a couple minutes and talk about that. Yeah, sure. Um, so, you know, generally what happens is, you know, the junior companies um, like ours, uh, beyond a doubt, um, um, you know, you go out there and you you roll the bones. You know, you know, you find some good prospective-looking exploration properties, and uh, and mining exploration is not a cheap venture. And so you can easily, you know, throw a couple million dollars, you know, down the hole, um, hoping to come out with something at the other side. And the odds are against you, beyond a doubt. Um, that that's just the reality. Um, it's it's one in every couple thousand exploration properties that ever and actually end up turning into a mine. So your chances of finding an economic deposit 
are, are really, really difficult um, and, and, and few and far between. And, and generally what will happen <clears throat> with most junior companies is that they'll, um, they'll farm it out to a much bigger partner at some point along the line just because the, uh, you know, the stresses and strains of trying to raise the capital that's required, um, you know, to get you through exploration and turn that corner into, uh, into development and, and eventually exploitation is, you know, it's a, it, it's a, it's a difficult process. So most junior companies, um, uh, will, will, you know, give up on it, you know, far before the project mm-hmm. ever becomes mine. And but throughout history, especially, you know, a country like Canada, there's been, you know, some major, major uh, mining companies, that, you know, today, household name companies that are known all over the world and have made, you know, fortunes for not, not only the insiders of the company, you know, people like me, but for, you know, throngs of shareholders that have participated participated along the way um, uh, by starting out as a junior company and, uh, you know, developing themselves into a, a going concern mining operation. Wow. Um, but it is, you know, it's a long, slow, expansive, risky proposition. And, and so to get to um, the point that we're at where that real um, high risk, expansive, slow part of it, which is going through the exploration phase, is behind us. We've we've got a deposit, uh, an economic deposit, and we are now going through the licensing stage. So we've already, you know, beaten the odds, so to speak, wow. uh, in that there's a, a small handful of, of junior companies that ever make it to this stage of uh, uh, of development. So, Timmy, um, let me let me ask you, Tim. If so, if yeah. and again, this is going to be a clunky question, but it's the only thing I could way I could put it. So, if 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 a hundred is the finish line, uh, are you yeah. at are you at ninety now? Or are you at ninety five? Or like because. Like, give you know, us some perspective. It, it depends on how you measure that. If, if you're talking, it, you know, because you can measure it in terms of dollars spent, um, in which case um, we're probably on about 20% over the finish line because, you know, it's at that last phase, which is, you know, the biggest spend, which is actually, the, you know, building the mine. So we've got to this point about, uh, I'm going to say about $15 million invested in the project to date, um, to take it from where we are today to a going concern mine is going to be about another sixty million. Um, so, from from the perspective of dollars spent, we've still got a ways to go. If you're talking about um, the uh, uh, the level of risk in the project, um, we're we're probably closer to the 75-80% uh, mark uh, of being, you know, uh, uh, over that uh, okay. that threshold and towards the finish line. Um, because, again, you know, the, 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 the extremely high risk, uh, slow, expensive part um, uh, is this, this early stage exploration with no guarantees that, uh, that you're going to have an economic deposit. Um, and we've gone beyond just having an economic deposit. We've now completed the next phase, which is doing feasibility study, which is, um, you know, proving up the economics. So step one is, do we have a deposit? Yes, unequivocally. unequivocally <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's fine. All right. Uh, step two is now... Um, 
uh, are the economics there. And, and, and that's, you know, a long involved process. And we've now um, completed that uh, um phase of, of development as well where we've we've completed um, the feasibility study and have readied that for submission to the government for this next phase of our um, uh, our, our uh, um, licensing okay. process well listen my so, friend uh, yeah, go I was going to say, well, I, I, we have to wrap you up because we're uh, almost out of time, but that, I mean, I think people need to take away that, uh, that, you know, again, making no claims, but now is not a bad time to have a look at the company because the next two or three years are going to be less slow, more exciting. Yes, expensive, but at least now there's a potential for return where maybe a few years ago there wasn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When so you know to to wrap up, I, what I'd say is when you're going through exploration, your confidence level that you've got a, um, a an economic deposit that can be exploited is you know between zero and and some small per, percentage point. Um, where we're at today, given that that we've completed that phase, we've completed feasibility. Um, you'd now put that. Um, that confidence level, you know, up around 75, 80% rather Great. than the, you know, the 10%. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so we've, uh, uh, we, we've greatly, you know, de-risked the project uh, on one side. So, so our, um, our, our risk is down substantially, but the potential return is, is I'm going to say as big as it's ever been, um, given our, our tiny market cap. Um, you know, we continue to trade at, you know, very inexpensive uh, levels. And, and so the potential um, for a, a, a sizable return on your investment is still yeah. there, even yeah. though the, uh, uh, the risk level in the project has, All right. has dropped. All right, Timmy, you've convinced me. Thank you, my friend. Boron1.com. Freddie, one, anything you want to say there, pal? No, good to see you, Tim. And uh, again, good luck with it all. Thanks, yeah, because we're, so we're pulling for you, too. We're yeah. pulling for you. <laughs> yeah, we're pulling for you. And, of course, we always appreciate the support from Boron One. There's Tim uh, Daniels, my uh, childhood friend from Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. And that's what happens, ladies and gentlemen, when you pay attention in school. <laughs> Thanks, Timmy. There's Tim's gone now. All right. Mm-mm. Yesterday, I told you that the Toronto Maple Leafs were the favorites to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. And again, me being Mr. Negative, you know, I was all down on it. Last night, they're down. uh, Well, I wasn't even watching the game, and I got a text message from neighbor John saying the Leafs suck. And I'm thinking, why? What's going on? And I find out they're down 4-1 in the first period. 4-1 in the first period. Mm. And I'm thinking, well, that sucks. I'm not even going to watch this. I'm not even going to give it a moment. And you know what? Just before I go to bed, I check the score, and I'm thinking, oh, what's the score going to be? The Leafs won it 6-5 in yeah, overtime. I heard, I heard they came back. They won it 6-5 in overtime. So that, <laughs> you know, the Bodog information I gave you yesterday that the Leafs were a puck and a half favored to win came true. Turned out to be correct. Uh, turned out to be uh, correct. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry leading odds, world class sports book, and feature rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book. They've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Uh, I, I didn't watch any of the Leafs game. I checked out some of the Monday night 
NFL game, Jets and uh, Chargers, I think. And then uh, mostly I watched, uh, Have you? I don't know where you are in the Welcome to Wrexham uh, series, but I just watched the last episode from last week. Where, where are mm-hmm. you? Are you up to date yet? I've only watched one of the, or two of the second season. Okay. Yeah, I, I wasn't we, that inspired. I got to get back. To you you got to get past it. Like, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I'd say, you, you, I, I said this to you yesterday. Like, yeah, three mm-hmm. or four episodes there got a little bit boring. Uh, but now it's back to the kind of pace it had in the first okay. season. Good. And, uh, and here's, I found myself last night. It was a longer episode, about 45 minutes, because it's getting toward the end. And I won't tell you what happened, but I would say this. I'm watching a team that's, I know, I know basically the outcome of what happened last season in their, or their last season, their relegation mm-hmm. versus promotion. But I was mm-hmm. watching it with excitement of something I know already happened. And it's a soccer game. And I was just, I was stoked for it. It was really cool. Um, and then, of course, the two guys, Rob and Ryan. Did you, did you read that story about how much they've lost, how much money they're losing? No, I, I, I can't. I'm surprised they're losing, given what they've done through well, merchandising yeah. and and taking that uh, show on the road. Yeah, but. on they don't they didn't talk about how much they're making and all the advertising and the you know mm-hmm. the the gin and all that stuff. But as as an actual football club, uh, they are they have put in close to twelve million pounds so far, and and now they were trying to make the point that getting promoted will help wipe away some of their actual football club debt. So, right. That's how much they're. So that my point being also that they're not, it's not, it's not a few dollars, even though they're both very wealthy people, but it's not like, a, you know, there's not like a million dollars here or there. This, it's like not Dan Duran money for God's sake. No, no. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. Like Ryan Reynolds isn't going out and buying an, a new trailer tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Reynolds yeah. doesn't have new trailer money. All right, Dan. No. Here's to a fella named Dan Duran. A guy with a halloween one. The anchor man. His voice is Dan Duran. Dan Duran, the anchorman, comes to ask for credentials. He has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from the hobo trailer The last few days before it gets stored somewhere Here's movie actor, anchor, and raconteur Dan Daru. The men with the golden toilet have been arrested. This 18-carat latrine robbery happened in 2019 in Blenheim Palace, across the hall from where Winston Churchill was born. Hmm. It's a toilet made entirely from gold. An art installation, originally, uh, at, uh, from 2016 at the Guggenheim. And uh, people there, as with the uh, palace, could use the... The golden throne mm. for three minutes. So you go in, I guess they'd pay, and then you use it for three minutes and do whatever you needed to do for three minutes and then, you know, move on. So that was in the palace for two days before it was stolen in 2019. It was 5 a.m. Seven men broke into Blenheim, tore it out, water running, ruining everything, and made off with it. It's worth um, um, an estimated $8 million Canadian. Mm. So a fair bit of, uh, wow. fair bit of money. There. Anyway, uh, 
four men have been arrested. They're all in their 30s for this crapper caper and will appear in court <laughs> later this month. Well done, Anchor Dan Duran. Yeah. Excellent so reporting. is the toilet still, was it melted down for the gold or is the, the toilet still sort of exist? And it's like, you know, you steal a gold toilet. I mean, seriously, like, how do you move that bastard without melting her down? You know? Yeah. No, they figured it was melted down. They haven't found the, the toilet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Oh, Dan I could f- melt that baby. Down. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. I just take we, we just take. I'll take. Here's how we would do this caper. I take Fred for pho, for pho. Uh, then we yeah. get the toilet. He, he does one of his uh, super shits, and uh, then we take it on the open market. Super shit. Takes a super shit. Uh, Dan, do you have any? Do you have any thoughts before mm-hmm. we close the program uh, about uh, the existence of an almighty being who? Is watching over us and has uh, time for the shit. Uh, well, you know, like, a couple of points. One is that uh, I think it was Carl Sagan that said there was more grains, uh, grains of sand. No, there's more stars in the uh, the universe yes. than there are grains of sand, right? So they sand. think about that for a minute. Sand, yeah. I'm trying to speak quickly for some reason. I don't know why. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so there's that point. So that's that's from a big bang at some point. Theoretically, there was a big bang. Who invented the thing that banged uh, or came up with it or whatever? That's all kind of the the infiniteness of things. Mm. It's all like and these are conversations I had with my father about, Okay, well, if if uh, God created all this, who created God? Right. Great point. Where that all come. You know, how did that happen? That's a Um, what's that? That's a stumper. That's a stumper. <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> fuck yeah, that is a stumper. Um, yeah, but, but you know what? Mm-hmm. On the other hand, Dan, there's some people that you know speak right to God. For instance, uh, MAGA prophet Julie Green. Again, the UN will fall. The IRS will fall. This is she received this message from God, by the way. I'm saying again, the UN will fall. The IRS will fall. The Federal Reserve, you will fall. The imposters and traitors and the intelligence community, you will fall. This is the message Wall you got Street, from God. you will fall. And every person in this Ponzi scheme will be exposed, and many of you, and treason will all... Anyway, this is the message she just got. She wrote it down. These are the things that God told her. And, so. that, that, and that's why it's dangerous. Yes. Who's that? That is, uh, the, she's called the MAGA prophet, and uh, she says, a bunch, a bunch of people, when I say a bunch, I mean millions of people believe that she's getting messages directly from God. Yeah. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure she is, yeah. 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 Um, anyway, thanks to Bill Brio. Uh, very nice. Tomorrow, an interesting show. We are going to speak to someone named Sean Menard, and Freddie might be able to uh, shed some light on who Sean is. Well, he's a good friend of my um, uh, son, Danny, and uh, he's a film producer, independent film producer, and he did the documentary on Much Music. Uh, the beginning and uh, the end and the story in between. And uh, we're going to talk about that tomorrow because I'm sure we can all relate to it. Much music, a significant part of our lives. Can't wait. It is no more. Yeah, it'll be very interesting Interesting to hear about uh, the people and the place. And it'll be, it'll be very familiar to everyone. So that's tomorrow. Uh, and uh, Dan Duran, why don't you figure this out? This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, 
and the return of two great sponsors, Bodog and Kelsey's. For contests and comments, we read all of our emails, some of them on the show, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. So tell us what you think. Tell your friends, subscribe to this podcast. That helps us out. Even sharing is uh, one of the episodes is great, too. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Durant. And remember, there is no God, or there is a God. Either way, what he did or didn't create is pretty impressive. So marvel about that, and you'll enjoy every Gordon day. Oh,